Welcome in Scuttlebucks Playoff Edition. Here we go. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Great to be with you. And yet another playoff run begins. Just fun to say about our beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they get set to take on the Eagles. By the way, the show, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Bill Curry Ford. Don't forget to swing on by if you're looking for a new Ford truck. Maybe you want out of your lease. Maybe you want talk about a major repair or something along those lines, reach out directly to Bill Curry Ford GM, Sean Sullivan. He'll help you out personally. Find his email at BillCurryFord.com. Swing by the Bill Curry Ford dealership if you're there in Tampa, one mile north of the stadium on Dale Mabry Highway. Huge Bucks fans, Bill Curry Ford serving the community is what they're all about. Serve Buck players and coaches as well as fans. Bill Curry Ford has a nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles Sean Sullivan will assist you. He's the GM. He'll do it personally. Ask for Joe Bucks fan. They, uh, the JoeBucksFan.com discount is what I'm trying to say. BillCurryFord.com. All right. You know, it's odd, Tom. Uh, okay, we get this game. Bucks big favorites. But we know there's a way the Bucks could lose the game because uh, there, there are question marks about the health. But I actually want to start with the weather because it's the first thing that has me concerned and that if the Bucks get decent weather, if the weather is decent in Tampa at the time they kick this game off on Sunday, then I think the Bucs are going to win because I think they'll throw the football with impunity. I think they'll be able to move the ball. Uh, I don't know that the Eagles are going to give up big plays. They'll keep it in front of them. That's the way they've played all year long. Uh, but they really are pretty poor in the middle of the field. I don't think they'll cover Gronk. Uh, they'll try to just die one step at a time and hope that the Bucks make mistakes. So that is to say, false starts, things like that. Tom Brady spoke of this. Uh, maybe maybe if it's inclement, you get some drop balls, things like that, and you get behind the chains, and then all of a sudden that passing game, which the Bucks are going to fall back on, uh, stalls. Maybe the Eagles can stay in it. But if the weather's decent, I like the Bucks' offense in this matchup quite a bit. So what are we looking at both from a wind standpoint and precipitation standpoint? Yeah, so the precipitation as it stands now, recording of this at lunchtime on Friday, uh, the rain's going to be earlier in the morning, and it should mostly subside by kickoff at 1 o'clock. So if you're trying to tailgate out there, make sure the tent is huge or just stay inside your car and open up a cold one uh, because it's going to be a little soggy out there by Old Legends Field and, and in the lots. Uh, but it's 20% at current, 20% at kickoff, and it's down to inside 5% by 4 o'clock. So the rain should wane down. Uh, Ray J drains excellently. So unless, you know, I'll be down there in the Tampa Bay area because I'm flying out of Tampa on Sunday. Um, unless it rains all night Saturday into Sunday, I think the track should be okay. It should be able to handle that. The wind is interesting. It should be sustained around 20 miles an hour all day. And that's from uh, early morning when I'm taking off, so it might be a little bumpy, and through about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So the entire game should feature some sustained winds between 15 and 20 miles an hour with gusts that might be stronger. You just don't know what direction they're going and if they're going to influence the game, such as, like, you know, here's a quarter where we go with the wind, and, you know, here's a quarter where we go against the wind, or if it's a cross breeze, we'll see. Uh, but the wind, to me, sounds like it's going to be the much bigger concern than the actual rainfall. All right, on to the health of this team because this is the other and more decisive factor in the game. And we we all have a chance to read up uh, the Bucks. You know, obviously uh, make this public, and uh, we, we heard from Coach Arians this week talking about, for example, Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, you know, obviously he has missed the last three games. They've chosen to let him rest because he was highly ineffective. In fact, you know, uh, if you've listened to the Scuttlebox, I've kind of referred to him as fairly useless. Now, 
not as not ignoring the impact he had on this team a year ago and has had since coming to Tampa Bay. The point was when juxtaposed to that production, whether it be as a edge setter or a pass rusher, he was a 180. He he had done a he was not the player. He was a shell of himself this season uh, to the point where I felt like uh, they needed to bench him, and they did. They did for the last three games, partly because he wasn't productive, partly because they probably wanted to see more from Tryon partly because they needed to rest him and see if he could get some strength back in that shoulder where the rotator cuff is obviously going to need surgery. So, you know, he's going to play. We'll see if he has anything above and beyond what he had, Tom, during the course of the 14, 13, 14 games he played in because those games weren't productive. I mean, in fact, he might as well have not been out there. Yeah, I think a couple of things. Number one, uh, the question from the media member on Thursday or, or Wednesday, whenever it was to Bruce, was was a good one, which is, is this going to help him at all, the rest? Is like, you know, is he just, he is what he is, and, and you guys are just resting for the sake of doing that? And Bruce said, we're trying to make him as healthy as possible. So I think the answer is only surgery can help whatever is ailing him, uh, but they just would have fewer, rather have fewer hits on JPP's shoulder uh, heading into this week. And the second thing I'd say is while he has been largely useless at stopping and, uh, or sorry, pass rushing, attacking the passer, he might actually help in terms of diagnosing runs and being in the right gap. You know, because we get outflanked all the time. We are doubling up in a gap. We're guessing wrong at linebacker. Just all kinds of, of basic alignment issues, tackling issues, leverage issues when it comes to stopping the run. JPP is smart enough in that facet of the game that I'm not too worried about letting Jalen Hurts sit back in the pocket and try and beat us with traditional passes. So I don't think it's as critical, mission critical, that you have a bona fide pass rusher in this particular matchup against uh, Jalen Hurts. But I would like to have our best run defense possible. Uh, the, the talk of Levante David doesn't sound great, like he might not be available. It sounds like you, you need some you know big developments to happen between now and kickoff on Sunday. But I think having JPP and Shaq Barrett not only helps in the pass rushing game from 58's perspective, but both of them should help and not get out of the gaps and, and help you with leverage against the run, which is something we've been awful at. Well, you brought up an important point here because I was going to go and address both the other players you just alluded to, which was Shaq Barrett, and we'll see. I don't think he's 100% either. Um, has me very concerned. But then Levante David is the real key here, and – you know, Devin White has had a bad season. I've talked about that. I think we're starting to stack up the reasons. I mean, when you start talking about the, the play of Jason Pierre-Paul and then missing Levante David and then having games without Shaq Barrett, I think you could see that Devin White is maybe trying to do – I know JoeBucksFan.com had an article about this, but – you know, we, you and I have been talking about this for weeks because Devin White's been my favorite player on this team for some time since we drafted him, basically. The last two years, he has been uh, a missile and, and a guy that's just a joy to watch play. And moreover, last year at this time, he began to emerge and really dominate football games because he got better at the one thing that is always going to be his bugaboo, which is coverage. And he did a much better job. But this year... It seems he's been chasing more than anything else. He's he's frequently, you talk about it, loses leverage. He's oftentimes a victim of the cutback. He's a guy that over-pursues incessantly. Yeah. Uh, he does not make tat. Now, he's always on your screen. If you're watching at home and you see a play stretched out, you'll see 45 come flying in. You're going to see him in your picture pretty quick. 
and then you'll see him miss the tackle every time. It's really, really yeah. aggravating. And I don't know if that's a guy trying to do too much. I don't know if that's a guy that's played hurt. I don't know if that's a guy compensating for that. I don't know what it is, but he has not had a good season. So I think it's in dire importance that you get Levante David back because I think that greatly enhances what Devin White is. Yeah, I don't know that it just the way it sounded, and this is Wednesday's availability from Bruce. So, you know, again, recording this at noon on a Friday, maybe he talks to the media later and you get a better picture one way or the other. It just didn't sound like, and, and we have done this for a long time, parsing head coaches and, and how they react to questions about injuries. It doesn't sound like Levante's outlook is as good as Shaq's. Like, Shaq's going to play, it's just a matter of how healthy he is looking on the field. With Avante, it sounds like some things need to go right. Uh, there was a good breakdown that Good Morning Football did earlier this week where they had one of their stack guys come up and do a segment specifically on Devin White and the problems he's having. And they showed clips of the past three games, the two Carolina games and the Jets game, isolating him pre-snap and then showing the ramifications of decisions he's making post-snap. For example, there's a play, and, and their, their hypothesis was he's guessing before the snap, trying to do too much. And they prove a pretty good point. He'll jab step the wrong direction at the snap, realize, oh, crap, I'm going the wrong way. And it's, it has nothing to do with the way the linebackers are supposed to slant or the scheme. It looks like he is so either overwhelmed by not having his partner out there who he can trust that he's guessing and or he's indecisive. So it's it's you're making mistakes at 100 miles an hour, and then you're caught in between. Next thing you know, if you run 10 plays like that, and a team goes down the field the rest of the game, you're domed up. And part of it, I do think, is because something is bothering him. I forget what the injury was. There was a discussion uh, six weeks ago, two months ago, on Joe Buck's fan about Bruce saying that that you know Devin has to play through some some issues. He's got to play through it and, and figure it out. It's a leg issue of some sort. So it might be a combination of all those factors. But the problem is, you know, if you're looking at last year's Super Bowl run versus what we've been watching this season, Devin White was the key. Like he was the reason. He made so many game-changing plays against New Orleans, Green Bay, and in the Super Bowl. You need him to be that player, and I just I don't know that he will be. I don't know that he can be this year. Yeah, it's a deadly combination if you've got a nagging injury and you're also trying to do too much because your cohorts are out yep. or not 100%, and you feel compelled to to make up for perhaps, perhaps a lack of range from somebody else, for example. you know. And I, I, I worry about it as well. Suffice to say, we're going into the postseason this weekend in particular with a bunch of guys really banged up that you're depending on greatly to emerge as the players they were or some semblance of the players they were a year ago. And this is the number one fear all Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans have as we sit here today on the precipice of going for it, making another run, trying to defend the Super Bowl championship. And that is, can you get right in time? Last year, the race was... Can you figure out the offense? Can you figure out the system that works? Can you get on the same page? Can you settle into something that everybody's on the same page with, understands, and can execute? The answer was it was close, but they did. They figured it out, and you felt good going into the postseason. This year, we come into this, this postseason run, and it really is about the relative health of a defense and do they get the right guys back? And are those guys playing through an awful lot of injury and they're just a shell of themselves? Or are they getting back to being something close to what they were? Because if yep. the latter is the answer, then the Bucs can make a legitimate run. If the former is the answer, the Bucs could lose this game. Yeah, they uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that's 
that's got to be a consideration waking up on Sunday. I'm, I'm, you know, I think we're going to win. I feel pretty good about the chances about the Bucks carrying this one and going into the next weekend hosting whoever the hell it's going to be. We'll see. But still, you know, I, I don't feel as good as I did when I woke up for the, the Washington game last year. You know, like that one, that one surprised me. It was so close. I was like, there's no way. I mean, are you kidding me? Heineke's playing. Get out of here. And he yeah. played a great game. But even still, when it got down to one score, I'm not like puking out of nervousness. I'm like, all right, just finish the job here, guys. This one I'm a little bit more nervous for because Philadelphia isn't good enough to make mistakes on their own like calling a bunch of pass plays out of nowhere when the run is working. They don't have the skill set to do that. So they're going to do the same thing over and over. And if you can't stop it, that's a problem. And we've been a terrible tackling team in the last month of the season. And that's where, I mean, again, if it's a little bit slick out there, the rain's gone, but there's still a little bit of moisture in the air. And it's a little windy, a little uncomfortable in the conditions. I don't want to see a situation in which you make a good play on first down, stopping the run. It's second and 11. You don't need to get it to third and two. Third and 18, you don't let it need to get it to fourth and two because they'll go for it. Carolina just did that last week. All of these things materialize because poor leverage and poor tackling. All I care about is just getting off the field because the, the blueprint to beat the Bucks is simple. Hold the ball for as long as you can. That plays right into the hands of a running offense like Philadelphia. Time of possession in that first half is going to be a huge determining factor of who's leading at the break and by how many. That's what I'm concerned about. Well, it, on that note, if you flip the other side of the ball, the Bucks can control the clock and control the game with the short passing attack. And I don't think the Eagles do a good enough job of stopping people from amassing yardage. Now, they don't want to give up big plays. They don't trust themselves. Uh, so they really do make sure that you have to earn it. And Brady talked about it. But, I mean, I think if you just watch the Eagles this year, oddly enough, the Bucks game, the game in which the Bucks won, was when they figured out who they were. The, the whole second half where it's them figuring out, oh, we got to run it. We got to run it. And the Bucks looked like a team that might have been content to let that happen, thinking that they were short in the game. Then it got really dicey. But the bottom line is if, you know, and that's fine. The Eagles found an identity on that day. And they also realized that they have to keep everything in front of them and just really kind of try to make it um, a slobber knocker. That's what they try to do. They, they want to keep the scoring down. They want to run the football when they have it. They want to shorten the game. They want to shorten possessions. Yeah. But the Bucs can dink and dunk all day because they have a ton of weapons. And they have an elite tight end in the middle of the field, and the Eagles struggle in the middle of the field. And you can throw to Evans there. You can throw short all day long. I think, I think this is going to be fascinating because I do think if the Bucs can play from ahead here and then really stack against the run uh, and not worry about maybe giving up a shot play uh, off a of play action because they have a lead, yeah. And then maybe you see some short possessions for the Eagles where they go three and out, and now you're up a couple of scores, and this thing can get away from Philly quickly if they have to resort to the passing game. Yeah, according to the advanced metrics, the Bucks' run defense, which is a lot worse than it was last year, is still top 10 in the NFL. Yeah. Now, that might be largely on the strength of the numbers they put up in the first seven, eight weeks of the season. I mean, that that's true. But, I mean, you yeah, get – the last five games, they have not stopped the run. You, you get healthy play – you know, any – semblance of the three players we talked about earlier on defense you get two of them back you should automatically be better you have both of your safeties which you haven't had for a lot of the year Jordan Whitehead has been really important coming up stopping the run Antoine Winfield is an excellent cleanup safety but he's not a guy that you would count on to get down in the box and go make a play but I, I bring that up because the Eagles are bottom six in the NFL on stopping the run 
if Leonard Fournette is active and he has not been on the injury report this week at all, he was designated to return from injured reserve, not the same thing. So he's not listed on the participation chart. But if Leonard plays, you can run the ball a lot here. And, and that's the thing where this offense, if you're going to go four and five wide, you need to run up tempo. But if you're going to run more of those mixed formations and bring double tights out there, then go ahead under center and, and go ahead and run the ball. I just I, I think my concern offensively speaking for the Bucks is don't get caught in the middle on your philosophy. Whatever your game plan is, if it is to combat ball control with ball control, then go ahead and do that. If it's to run up the tempo, get as many plays and possessions as possible because you think you have the better horses, then do that. I just hope we don't see a mixed message group out of the Bucks in, in this first half because they've had enough examples of slow starts and then trying to fix things late recently that I would think the lesson should be learned by now. Ultimately, we both like the Bucks to win this game, and I think we should probably say very specifically why. The first reason everybody's going to pick the Bucks if you pick them is Tom Brady. That's why, because of Tom Brady. And that's a fair thing to say. It's like, it's lazy, but it's just so true. He's that good. He's played in a million of these important games, and he plays very well in them. But the other reason, and I think that the, the greater reason in this particular game is the offensive line is healthy. And the offensive line is one of the very best in all of football. The offensive line does not allow a lot of pressure. And the Eagles are terrible at generating pressure. So if you're telling me, that you have one of the best offensive lines protecting the greatest quarterback that ever lived against a group that yeah. struggles to get pressure on said quarterback. Yeah, man, I like my chances. And to put a ribbon on what you just said, oh, by the way, the Eagles are bad at stopping the run too. So there's a lot of faith that you're going to fall back on at quarterback and offensive line. And if we start there, there's an overwhelming advantage for Tampa Bay. Now, again, if the Eagles are able to control the ball and run it and they keep this Bucks offense off the field, you could have yourself a real problem. But we like the Bucks to win the game because I think they'll do enough offensively, and at some point they'll get a couple of stops in a row and they'll widen the gap. They'll, get, they'll make it a two-score game, and we'll see if the Eagles begin to press. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday on the Jeff Cameron Show up in Tallahassee, which you can catch live every day on YouTube, believe it or not, everybody, YouTube or Chant TV. So if you're interested in such coverage, then we have it for you. We'll be talking NFL today on a Friday. Uh, yeah. But one of the bets we were talking about was a prop bet involving Rob Gronkowski. You're, you're talking about it, and based upon all metrics, including defending the slot or the tight end, uh, fantasy football actually does a good job of, of capturing these metrics. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is going against the worst unit at defending tight ends in the NFL. The most, They're the most giving of any uh, group in the NFL when it comes to tight end production. Gronkowski's number in this game has held overnight. We talked about it on Thursday. It's still over under 55 and a half yards for Rob Gronkowski. I went Gronkowski. over with that resoundingly so. So did you. I liked it uh, to maybe go over in the first half. Yeah, because when the Bucks played the Eagles last time, Gronk was not available in that game. O.J. Howard was second on the team with seven targets. We talked about this on Monday. And Cam Braid had four. So if yeah. O.J. Howard had seven targets, how many targets is Gronk going to get? And if it's windy, do you want to take a risk on an outside throw or a downfield throw? Would you rather throw closer to the line of scrimmage or over the middle of the field where just draw the line as the crow flies? It's less time for the ball to be in the air. Fewer yards 
it's a sure thing when you're Tom Brady delivering the football, and he knows all about playing in terrible weather. He's, he'll play in he played in 50 games in the playoffs that are worse weather than this particular one, even though he's only played in 45 playoff games in his career. But um, yeah, Gronk going way over 55 and a half. He is the key to the offensive game plan through the air for me, and then Fournette. We'll see if he's healthy on the ground. And I, I feel like the Bucks are going to win this game, but there is a puncher's chance for Philadelphia, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there, there is a path for Philadelphia yeah. to win it. And, yep. and I hate that that exists, right? I wish that I could sit here and say, there's no chance. This is a mismatch. It's an ugly game. It may very well be, but we can create a path for the Eagles to win the game. And that always makes you nervous as a fan. By the way, we should mention, because we always try to do take inventory at the start of the podcast. Now we're at the end of the podcast. But the Bucs did add John Brown, receiver, name you've heard because he had a couple of great years with Bruce Arians over in Arizona um, to the practice squad. And he's a speedster. They're still trying to figure this thing out at receiver. Uh, but the, you know, it makes sense why you would add a guy like that. who was with the Raiders. He's been with four teams this year with Jacksonville was another one. You would add a guy like that because he knows the playbook. He understands yep. exactly what Arians offense is and the verbiage and all of that. So if it by chance you have to use him at any point, it's not like he's going to be out there unsure of what they're calling. Yeah, that's true. Uh, another thing worth noting, and uh, I mentioned this after we got done with our recording on Monday just off the air, but uh, Anthony Nelson deserves a lot of praise because out of him or Tryon Shoyinka in this last three, four weeks when you haven't had either of your pass rushers that you thought you were going to have to start the season. Nelson's been good. Nelson's been good. He has a bum ankle this week. I know. And Bruce saying, I'm not so sure that we can get Anthony out there. I mean, damn it, man. It, first it was corner, then it was safety. Now it's defensive end and linebacker. This has been a tough year for injuries, but hopefully 98 can be on the field because he was a difference maker too. And frankly, if it's third and obvious, I would like to have Nelson and Barrett and maybe JPP as a safety measure back there, but not as a pass rusher. But I want Nelson and Barrett out there on third and obvious. I don't want 90 and 58. Yeah, no, on third and obvious, I'll let Tryon rush the passer, but oh, I, yeah, I get what you're too, saying. Yeah. yeah, but Nelson, yeah, has, has, he's been more productive getting to the passer than Tryon has. Yeah, yes. No, it's been he's had a good run, and I was discouraged to hear about the ankle injury suffered against Carolina. So the walking wounded are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trying to get healthy at just the right time as we embark on yet another run, hopefully to uh, the Super Bowl. But you got to win this one first. So uh, cross your fingers that they do and they come out of it relatively healthy because I have a think they I have a feeling they can get better as the playoffs go along as these guys get back to full strength. Yeah, that's the point from a little while back, man, and it's how I felt since. You know, uh, I think it was the Godwin injury, which is just find a way to win the wild card round. Just because this is all this is all wrong about the injury report is like two pages long. Just find a way to host a game next week. It could be twenty-one to twenty. Don't and you're down twenty to eighteen and suck up as a forty-seven yarder as time expires. Hey man, hey. I don't need all of that. I don't need that in my life. Well, I told you what the <laughs> final was. I told you what the final was. Like I, I, I don't care how you get there. Just get there this week. Just find a way. We could look crappy and be the talking points yeah. uh, all week long, saying what's wrong with the Bucks? They're going to get killed. I don't care. We're going to be a better version. You're totally right. We're going to be way better in the second round if we can make it that far. Got to get there. For Tom Wang, I'm Jeff Cameron. Our thanks to Bill Curry Ford. Our thanks to JoeBucksFan.com. And our thanks to you. Go Bucks! One way or the other, whether this is it for Tampa Bay or not, let's knock on wood that it's not. Or if it's a win, we'll still have another one of these, the Scuttle Bucks. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe and share and post it and do all the stuff that everybody tells you to do all the damn time. Be good, everybody. Go Bucks!